back, everyone, to another edition of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek. And I edit and publish theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My friend and co-host is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have on two chairmen uh, from the probably the most well-known, I, I would say, most well-known uh, one-day uh, all-encompassing Pacific Coast Dream Machines with um, everything automobiles, airplanes, uh, things for the family, entertainment. It's just a wonderful uh, all-day event at Half Moon Bay Airport. And our guests today are Chad Hooker and Bob Pelican. Uh, both uh, event directors of this wonderful event that this year at the end of April, April 30th, will celebrate its 30th anniversary. So guys, uh, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. Sure. Good to be here. <clears throat> Thank you. Can, can you, let's just start with a good overview of uh, what this show, it's almost probably impossible to say, but a good overview of what Pacific Coast Dream Machines is all about in its all-encompassing way for, for a day at the airport. Give us a good overview. Okay, so <clears throat> this show started 30 years ago. Uh, Chad was there in the beginning, and uh, I joined about uh, five or six years later. And uh, it started as a fundraiser for the uh, Adult Day Health Center, which is located in, in Half Moon Bay. And um, the Adult Day Health Center is a facility that cares for uh, primarily older adults, but there are some younger people as well, um, who cannot take care of themselves. And so it's sort of a, um, uh, of a gap between uh, being self-sufficient and going into some sort of a care facility. And uh, we have approximately uh, 50 uh, clients that come in uh, four or five days a week, and uh, and so the Dream Machine was uh, was started in order to help fund the Adult Day Health Center. The event itself, I guess, if you had to put it into one sentence, it would it would be if it has a motor, bring it and show it. That's right. Um, That's anything, great... any, yeah, anything from uh, from hot rods to street rods to customs to uh, motorcycles, um, uh, airplanes, vintage aircraft, um, vintage cop cars, uh, old buses—you name it. Uh, it's 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 the what? I've been I've been into cars since I was, I think I built my first hot rod when I was 14 years old, and I've never been to a show that's as as all encompassing as this one is, which is why I got involved because uh, I'm a car guy, and this is the ultimate car show. Absolutely, and there's actually there's boats typically there, and uh, tractors and and old tractor motors. That's it. Yeah, we we have a a group uh, that brings brings all their uh, antique motors. Uh, the, I don't I forget what they call them, pop and run or something like that. But uh, oh, hit and miss, whatever they call them. But uh, you know the kind of motors that used to run a water pump a uh, hundred years ago or more. Hit and miss. And, that's uh, a that's a good one. I think you know the <laughs> the piston fires about every twenty times. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's also a group that brings up steam uh, 
steam engines, steam tractors, big old stuff, uh, uh, a log yarder. Uh, they had a wooden wheel tractor out there one year. There's some pretty remarkable stuff. And uh, th they, they bring equipment every year, too. I think um, from where I sit and my, what my eyes have seen through the years at the show, it's for all the pretentious car shows that are around, this defines unpretentious car show and uh, other things as well. And it's everybody who brings their vehicle in some form or another, um, you know, is passionate about their cars. And uh, through the years we've been there, there have been some, you know, one-of-a-kind, high-end, super futuristic cars, and there's been you know, people with old panel trucks and, um, you know, people who have, um, you know, a, a little mini car of some sort or a Toyota Corolla. And then there are some, you know, high-end people who bring in their vintage Ferraris and, you know, what Woody's. And I mean, every aisle you turn down is a whole display of something new, which just is so nice about it. And then you get to talk to the owners. You know, you have these wonderful conversations with people of, the history of the cars and and why they enjoy them and it's uh, it makes for a good full day yeah i agree james and there there's more than a few quarters you turn with it's just some real eye poppers just some absolutely beautiful craftsmanship where somebody's really gone the distance to make a car something that's totally unique and really special and they right down to the, every single nuance and detail on the paint jobs they're they're really spectacular machines that show up and it's a lot of fun every year whether you're a spectator or whether you're working it as we are, just to see what comes through the gate. Because we never really know about everything that's going to be there. A lot of the vehicles are pre-registered, the display vehicles, the show cars, but many of them aren't. And, they, and somebody drags it out of the garage that day, and it's all shined up, and they, they drive it over. And it's I remember, really neat to see. I remember a few years ago, we went, and there were two, uh, I think the guys were still teenagers, and they had, one of the guys' father had given him um, maybe a 53 Chrysler of some sort. And they, these two young guys were diligently, you know, taking it apart and rebuilding it. And, you know, it still needed quite a bit of work, but they had done quite a bit of work. And they were just these really interesting, enthusiastic young guys to talk to. And it was... Um, I remember those guys. I think it was like a Studebaker. It could have been something a, could have been a, a little yeah. off the wall. And, and they were just great to speak with. But on the other end of that um, is that... I think a few of the years I've been there, there's been a booth from the Hells Angels, and that's uh, something that's pr pretty pretty unique. And they come in, and um, you know they have a, a brochures, and they bring their families. And uh, I know that there's still a mystique, a mystique about the Hells Angels, and that was fun to to observe uh, what they're up to as well. So, it's in in the terms of a spectrum of what you might see at the Pacific Coast, you Dream never know Machines, what you're you just see. never know. And that ties into this being the 30th year. We all know uh, COVID had uh, stopped the show. And then last year, there were some other issues with, uh, um, you know, the airport itself. And uh, this is the 30th annual. So, or not the 30th annual, there have been gaps, but the 30th edition, I should say. So what, what will be special in some areas uh, this year at the 30th edition of the show? Well, <clears throat> One of the things, well, on the aircraft side, uh, we've got a B-17, four-engine B-17 coming in, which is going to be offering rides. Uh, we've got a P-51, which is offering rides, and we've got one or two helicopters that are going to be offering rides uh, pretty reasonably, at least for the helicopters. I'm not sure how much the other guys are going to be charging. So um, for if somebody wants to go for an airplane ride, and hopefully it'll be a bright, sunny day, and you get to have an aerial view of the coast, 
And then uh, kind of tied to that, uh, we have a, a, a futuristic area and uh, we're going to be displaying a flying car, an actual flying car. The manufacturer of that uh, vehicle is going to bring it, and uh, it, it won't be flying, but it'll be there to uh, to look at. So, um, and uh, there'll be autonomous vehicles and uh, robotics, and you know, uh, all kinds of uh, of interesting things that go a little bit beyond what we've done in the past. We've got another really cool addition to the show this year, and it's a collection. It's a, a, a club, I should say, that is. Uh, they, they've got antique wood boats. And these are those beautiful mahogany crisscrafts and the like from the 50s and 60s, mostly oh, yeah. inboards, and there'll be at least 20 of those there. Uh, one of the boats that will be there is a 1965 hydroplane that's got a 24-cylinder Duesenberg racing engine in it. Oh, my. And they're planning to... They're planning. They're planning to fire that engine up sometime during the day. I'm going to try to figure out what time. Get a sign on it so people who want to hear that motor run will know to be there. And I'd sure like to be there myself if I can. Sure. Uh, uh, this should be a very, very uh, pretty and, and interesting uh, add addition to the show. You know, those old mahogany boats. Everybody loves those things. They're really neat. And of course, we've got the the unibikes, the one wheel motorcycles that uh, do drag racing. And that'll be on again. And then the, <clears throat> twice a day, we have the Bob Sens. Bob is the founding um, organizer and uh, idea guy behind this whole thing. We have the Bob Sens Cackle Fest, which means at a certain hour, anybody who wants to start his engine starts it. And as you can appreciate, you've got, you know, a pretty good stack of small block Chevys and a bunch of 427 Fords and a few hemis with blowers on them, and all this stuff starts going off at once all over the field. It's pretty cool. And I think, I could be mistaken about this, but I think that occurs at 11 and 1. Does that sound right to you? It does sound right, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that might be right. And then, you know, it, it shouldn't be forgotten that we've got food and beer and wine and kitty rides, uh, some very cool stuff there. One of the things that's been very popular is a big wheels truck, which is, a, oh, I don't know, seven or eight foot tall all-wheel drive, all-wheel steering uh, truck that kids take a ride in around in the mud or the dirt, depending on when it stops raining. And uh, that that thing draws quite a crowd. It's a lot of fun. There are other uh, kiddie attractions as well. It's a very nice family day out there. Uh, I see mostly adults on that monster truck. <laughs> or unless I'm a kiddie. Yeah, a few of those do, yeah. Um, one thing I read in some of the advanced literature uh, that I've received is um, the show has reconfigured its uh, parking situation, and I didn't um, particularly mind the previous one. I kind of liked walking through the fields, and it kind of gave you um, more of the ambiance of the of the situation that you were getting into for the day. But I understand that uh, that it's going to be changed, and it would be good to give the public when you when you come into the airport. Um, it's been very uh, efficient uh, in previous years where somebody greets you, there's a line of volunteers, and they point you to a, a, a row of cars, and you park, and you didn't really have to walk um, that far. But I think it's good to mention that when you drive into the airport, um, there are people to uh, directing you uh, where, to, where to go, and it's it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's, it's all very efficiently run, so you don't really get too backed up um, when you want to go to the show. And and your cars are close uh, if you want to go back to your car. So I think if I read correctly, what it does is it opens up part of the area for more 
uh, exhibits and cars and other other features. Is is that true? <laughs> I guess it is. Yes. It, yeah, it's it, it's it's essentially true. Our our initial effort here was to do two things. One was to move the display show car portion of the show closer to the aircraft ramp and the the uh, more to the north end of the airfield. The other thing we're trying to do is keep all of the spectator vehicles from actually driving through the middle of the event, which they've done for our prior 29 shows. And, you know, we're very fortunate. No one's ever been injured. There's never been any problems that way. But this, the new, the new configuration separates those things. So this is the important thing for the public to understand. If you arrive as a spectator, the entrance to the field will be off Capistrano Road, which is just off of Highway 1. This is at the south end of the airfield, and there will be a gate there where you will drive in and park your car. You will not be charged money at that gate. There will be no backup there, we hope. People will drive in from Capistrano Road, be directed to parking, and then as pedestrians walk from their cars across the same field, James, Mm -hmm. to get to a fence line where we will have both ticket booths and uh, admission booths. So uh, at that fence line, it will separate the car show from the spectator parking. And once you're inside the event, we shouldn't have anywhere near as much moving traffic. And a more, uh, I don't want to say consolidated show, there's still a great deal of very spread out space, but the show has moved to the north end. This means also that we've moved the uh, food booths, the kiddie rides, the stage and music, all that goes more uh, up towards the airplane ramp. And the, the, there will be much less walking for people who want to see both the displayed cars and the displayed aircraft. Well, quite that sounds great. Between those two. Sounds well organized. It's, it's going to yeah. be good, but it's confusing. You know, there are a lot of people who've come to this event for years and years. We could put a thousand signs on the highway telling them what to do, but they know better because they've been there and they've been there and they've been there. <laughs> so they're just going to go to the wrong gate. Yes. So, you know, we're trying to figure out how to accommodate that. But as much as possible, if the spectators come in at the south end and the show cars come in where they've always come in at the north end by the restaurant, the entrance to the airport that has the San Mateo County and Dreamfield Airport sign, that's where the show cars come in and they will get parked as display vehicles. So I, I think we've got it sorted out, and it's going to be a, it'll be a trial taking out this first year, and uh, we're looking forward to a, a very effective uh, use of the field space so that it's, it's a better show for everybody. If I remember I wanted correctly, to talk to you a sure, little, please go ahead. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the music that we're going to have. We've got some special stuff coming this year. Great, good. The music That's, starts at uh, ten o'clock in the morning and runs until four in the afternoon. And the opening band will be uh, the groups that make up basically hot rods and harmonicas, and they, they'll be there for a couple of hours cranking out some combination of rock and roll and, and uh, harmonica blues. And then at noon, uh, there's a, a Kid Anderson's uh, Greaseland All-Stars are expecting to have uh, Andrew Duncan join them from Chicago. They're still working on a plane ticket for Andrew, but if they can get Andrew here, it'll be fantastic. And either way, the Greaseland All-Stars have got a great horn section. These guys will be a lot of fun to listen to. This will be right through the lunch hour. And then the headliner is Tony Lindsay and the Soul Soldiers. Now, Tony is a a multi-Grammy winner, and he's, he's been in the music scene for many, many years. And he'll be accompanied by Fred Ross and 
uh, Janice Maxine Reed, Alan Leong, David Jones, David Scholl, and Desmond Claiborne. All of these musicians are, uh, these aren't familiar names to me, but I'm not that, so much a music guy, but there's some people out there who are going to recognize these names and these folks who want to be here to listen to this. This will be a great music show, and it takes place right in, you know, in front of the stage that's surrounded by the food booths. So, and, and we'll have kitty rides right surrounding that area as well. This is towards the north end again. So, that sounds great. Yeah, I uh, I don't know any of those names either, but I know in the past the music's been very good and we've enjoyed it. And you've got, like you say, the food vendors right there and the, the beer and wines uh, being sold, and it's a great time. I remember uh, sitting on those hay bales a number of times and, you know, giving into some really good, wonderful comfort food, um, whether it was a kielbasa or a slice of pizza or whatever, a corn on the cob, all those and plus others. And listening to some of those bands, just sitting on the hay bales and, and uh, enjoying the day with uh, with no responsibilities other than having a good time, <laughs> which was the, the whole goal. Um, I remember I was going to want to go back to Bob just for a second. I remember when I first did an article on the event years ago that um, Bob, if I remember correctly, would stand at the gate and he would say hello uh, to people or shake hands or do high fives or whatever with all of the people who came into the to the show, if that's correct. I know that he, he was quite a guy, and he was the guy who founded the show, but I think Tim uh, Beeman told me that story, that he would like to greet people when they came into the show. That's absolutely correct. Bob did that for many, many years, and you, you couldn't drag him away from it. He, he just loved to have that opportunity to uh, greet people and to thank them for coming. And I think it was his, uh, his vision of how this show should, as you, as, you, as you put it, be somewhat more casual and rustic, less formal and um, very friendly and, and uh, family-friendly. He, he drove that with the, 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 uh, the tone that he set. Yes. And uh, he's retired now. He lives up on the Washington-Oregon border line with his family up there. And as far as I know, he's doing well, and uh, we hear from him periodically. He's uh, greatly appreciated. He's a master citizen here on the coast. That sounds great. Uh, I wonder what the attendance is the first couple of years, what it, that was, and what, it, what do you expect this year? Well, in, in the early years, you know, it takes, a, it takes a while to kind of get that critical mass of both display vehicles and spectators to get a thing like this off the ground. And uh, one more thing with Bob Sands, you know, we, we put this event together, and in the early years, the attendance didn't cover the cost of doing it. And uh, after we had lost some money at the Adult Day Health Center, Bob would show up with a big smile on his face and say, man, that was a great event. This is going to grow into something spectacular. And he'd pull out his checkbook and cover the cost. That's and wonderful. He did that. Until, yeah, he was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the fourth year, we were, we were you know, in a small way in the black. And um, it's been difficult with admissions at the front gate where we're counting noses in cars and charging by the person. It's been difficult to know specifically how many people we've ever had at the event, but our, our rough estimate is right around ten to 11,000. Uh, well, that's great. In, in, more, in most recent years. Yeah, and it seems and, to work. Um, for What we've seen, there's plenty of parking, and it all works. Well, that's great to hear. I love hearing that from the outside, because when you're inside it, it's a little hard to know if people are feeling like it, it's structured adequately, if there's a lot of frustration going on with me any element of it. It's felt to us like it works, and we've tried to keep sharpening that edge every year, but I'm glad to hear that it feels from some 
from coming from the outside that it does work. Well, that's good. Yeah, I guess the only people mad maybe are the CHP that are out there on Highway 1. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably cooperate on some yeah. level. Um, I wonder, so do you I'd mind? I'd like to give a Go ahead. chance here to describe a vehicle he's been working on this year that, that sure. uh, he's planning to bring to the show. He's a master car builder. Listen carefully. He's got something to tell you. All right. We're, we're all ears. So I have a uh, 13-year-old granddaughter who uh, calls me Bob. And she said, uh, Bob, when I'm 16, I want a yellow Volkswagen bus. And so uh, this is about a year ago. She was only 12. And uh, so I put the word out to my car guy friends. And uh, one of them said, you know what? My neighbor is selling a yellow Volkswagen bus. And so I went over and uh, took a look at it, and it looked pretty clean, uh, 1979. So I thought, well, this would do the job. And so I drove it home and uh, drove it up 280 and and had a hard time, you know, making the, the hills that we don't know that our hills when we're driving a regular car. So I thought, well, you know, this needs a little work. So uh, I've got three years to do it. So I decided to uh, create a uh, busla. So I went up to a Tesla junkyard in Sacramento and bought a rear drive out of a Tesla Model S and a battery pack out of a Tesla Model 3 and uh, took the Volkswagen engine and, and transmission out and uh, mounted the uh, Tesla drivetrain in. And uh, I'm in the process of, uh, of getting the batteries mounted in now. So uh, I'll have three years to test drive it and, and uh, mess around with it. But uh unless there's some catastrophe between now and the 30th of April, it'll, it'll be there on display and I'll have a, a, a mirror underneath it. So you can uh, see what the Tesla motor looks like and how it interfaces with the Volkswagen. I That's can't a, wait. <laughs> I can't wait to no, see it. Kidding. Fun. That bus is going to scream. Yeah. <laughs> and how, how have so, you, have you shown I, your, uh, your, your, your granddaughter? Oh yeah. She's, she's actually helped me with it. Um, you know, one of the one of the things with a uh, uh, with a uh, lithium ion battery system is that you have to balance all the cells within one tenth of the volt, and so uh, and there are 96 cells, 96 cell groups, and so I had her write down the numbers when when I was uh, recording all the numbers to make sure they were all getting balanced, and then she washes it about every six weeks, and so she's. Yeah, she's very enthusiastic about it. Way to go, she's Grandpa a, Bob. Uh, That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, um, a, uh, she's part of a, uh, of a um, competition dance group, and, and she thinks she can get her whole competition team in the bus. Fantastic. So we'll see. We're gonna, we'll, okay, so you remember those, those days you're trying to get to the ski resort, and you're stuck on one of those slopes in the Sierras following a Volkswagen bus with a <laughs> 40 horse motor so this, <laughs> that's right this thing this looks thing. like a complete sleeper it's got stock wheels and tires on it but it's got a 385 horse motor in it so this baby's going to go up the hill with or without the dancers in it yeah it's it's uh it's something to see it's beautiful workmanship that's great uh, uh i wanted may, to may i ask what i'm just curious what a battery pack cost so uh, it depends on uh which pack you're looking at uh the the packs out of a model s because they're fairly small and uh you can you can break them up into uh into different subgroups okay um 
that they cost about uh, $15,000. And that gives you maybe 85 uh, kilowatt hours of power. The Model S, I went with the small uh, Model 3 battery pack, uh, which is 50 kilowatt hours. And, uh, and, and I got those for uh, $5,000. Okay, yeah, I was uh, just interested. They're, they're less flexible. And so there's a smaller market for them. Okay, thank um, you. But you know they would be good for like a power wall or something like that. Uh, but there's very few vehicles that you can put a, a four foot long battery into, which is the way the Model Three batteries are. Okay, thank you, um, gentlemen. I I wanted I we would be remiss if we didn't mention the website. And going back to tickets, can the public help itself? If if you buy a ticket in advance, can you have a printout? Can you put a QR code on it? Can you Help yourself in advance of, yeah. of the show. Mm-hmm. Let, me run, let me run through a few of those details for you. Our Great. event, once again, is on Sunday, April 30th this year. And this is a family event, and the admission is uh, $25 in advance and $30 at the gate and, and, uh, for uh, seniors over 64 and uh, kids under 18, 10 to 18. It's $15 uh, in advance and, and $20 at the gate. And then uh, those tickets can be purchased uh, on Eventbrite. If you go to the Eventbrite website and then uh, click on Dream Machines, you can buy tickets. Similarly, if you have a vehicle you want to display, you can go to the Eventbrite site and pre-register it. The, the registration fee is $50. Uh, kids under 10, 10 years old are free at this event. And... Uh, it's at the Half Moon Bay Airport, which is uh, the Andrini Field, about five miles north of 92 on Highway 1. And once again, spectators come in off Capistrano Road at the south end, and show cars come in at the main airport entrance. Okay. Let me add one thing. There, sure. There's been a lot of talk in the news about uh, Highway 92 and the washout and the sinkhole and all that. Uh, Highway 92 is blowing uh, freely in both directions now so uh, at this point anyway there's no uh, there's no delay so don't worry about that uh, slowing you down gotcha and I'd, li- I'd like to reiterate also that this is a benefit for Coastside Adult Day Health Center that provides health services for the frail and elderly in our county and it's uh, these are the very people who help build this Coastside community and this helps them continue to live at home and uh, be as independent as long as they can. It's essentially uh, daycare for uh, uh, adults who need help. Uh, this is the sole remaining uh, adult day health center in San Mateo County, and we're backed by the San Mateo County Board of Supervisors. We have a contract with them to utilize the airfield. Cal Fire and AMR also contribute. We have a great many volunteers, and it's just been as you first described it, James, just a really fun, relaxed, casual, and very exciting event to go to. And, uh, you know, exciting and casual in the same sentence sound kind of odd, but it really fits the dream machines. It sure you does. Know, the come the, um, I can't think of a better, um, you know, way to support a community uh, than as you just described it. Um, I would like to put you guys on the spot for our, our last th- uh, question uh, before we close up the podcast. Um, you got both. Both you guys have been around the show for a long time, uh, and you know the vehicles and cars. Can each of you remember something that you saw at a show through the years that 
was a you know a gotcha moment that you turned a corner and and you were surprised by a vehicle uh, if you remember one that really uh really um i don't know gave you a, a hold your breath kind of moment uh, uh anything along those lines you guys could share uh, okay so two things come to mind i'll let chad talk about the other one i think he probably thinks about it too but uh was a mid early 50s i don't even know the brand it was probably a chevy but it was bright pink convertible and uh, and the gal that was that brought it was dressed in bright pink with pink hair and she spent the whole day standing in front of her car just with this bright red lipstick on her on her <laughs> lip and and, uh, and just just loving it a real introvert a very introverted woman yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope she's there again. Yeah, yeah it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that really turned my head was a was a, a stage of three vehicles in a row that had been built by a couple of guys that put themselves out there as the Blastoline Brothers, and they they build great big stuff. They use truck size wheels and tires and build a thing that's that's built like an open roadster with a ten cylinder fire engine motor in it and great big tires and just this heavy-duty truck transmission. Remarkable workmanship. Beautiful oh, yes. things, you know, the burl walnut interior. Oh, yes. So yes. We saw that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Velasquez brothers, we're hoping that they appear this year mm -hmm. and bring some of their rigs. Another thing that, that uh, I never did figure out was a thing that looked like a cross between a, a military uh, personnel carrier and half-track. And it had a jet engine on the back of it, and and two 427-inch Ford V8s in it. And I couldn't figure out how this thing worked, what drove what, <laughs> what somebody had in mind with that jet engine. I just hoped I wasn't behind it at a red light when they lit that baby off. But it showed up, and uh, it was there for a few years. So, I mean, and you know, we, we dragsters, boats, beautiful cars. Just it's all there. Well, uh, it's a good way to uh, close up our podcast today. We want to thank um, Chad Hooker and Bob Pelican, uh, event chairman, um, Pacific Coast Dreams, Pacific Coast Dream Machines. Excuse me. April thirtieth. It's a fun day. Encourage everybody to go. Uh, gentlemen, um, we'll try to find you in the in the maze of the people who are there to shake hands and to thank you in person. So, but while we're on our podcast, thanks for your time today. We'll do our best to uh, get the word out on the on the show and we can't wait to attend again it sounds it's just a great time so thanks gentlemen for your time this morning thank you okay thank you take care now bye